listening to there, lots of things, show number 19. I'm your co-host April. And I'm your co-host Maddie. And we are going to take you on yet another journey with us. So, what should we talk about today? Well, there are lots of things, but today I think we should talk about beer. Beer? Beer. Any specific type of beer? I think American beer. Is there any reason why we might be talking about American beer? I feel like you're asking me a leading question that you know the answer to. I do that a lot. Yeah. Um, October 27th mm-hmm. is American Beer Day. Hooray! Where all of us Americans drink all of the American beer. And otherwise we don't. No, that's the only day we drink beer. Yep. Americans are not really into drinking. <laughs> well, I guess we... I never ask the trivia question, so let's start with the trivia question. Okay. Can I ask it? Please. How popular is beer? Well, April. Let me tell you, I'm really excited about it. Okay. Beer is the third most popular drink in the world after water and tea. Whoa. Yeah. Do you drink water and tea? I do. Do you drink beer? I do. In that order. In that order? Mm Mm-hmm. I do a flight every day. Water, (laughs) tea, beer. (laughs) Is it hot tea? Uh Uh-uh. Cold tea. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Makes sense. You would want all the beverages to be the same temperature. Right. It would be weird to have hot tea in the middle of the cold water and cold beer. Or yeah. just hot water and hot beer. Mm. You know, some some places in the world don't chill their beer. I did know that, yeah. So it wouldn't be so crazy for some of those people. While it is a crazy thought, it wouldn't be so crazy for them. <laughs> it's unbelievably <laughs> crazy. All right. All thank, right. Thank you for that. I appreciate you. April, what's beer? Beer, Maddie, is basically just liquid bread. Mm. Do you like bread? I do. Then you'll like beer. <laughs> I like all the starches. Yes, true. Which is probably why I, too, enjoy a good beer. Mm-hmm. Beer is basically, in its most basic state, it's just water, grains, usually like a malted grain, mm-hmm. hops, and yeast. Mm. Some people don't even put hops in it, which is a little weird to me. Do you like a hoppy beer? I don't like a super hoppy beer, but I I appreciate the flavor that hops bring. Mm -hmm. I don't like, there's all kinds of flavors of hops. I don't like the IPA type hops, Mm -hmm. which is going to be more of your Cascade hops and stuff like that. But there are some more mellow hops that just kind of add flavor and a bit bit of bitterness. That I appreciate, like, an Oktoberfest or a good German beer. I really enjoy German beers. Um, yeast can also have, fun fact, a um, can change the flavor of beers. Um, certain strains of yeast, like in a Hefenweizen, can make it taste a little banana-y. Huh. There you go. A little banana-y. Yep. Uh, well, beer is brewed from cereal grains, mostly um, barley, malted barley, a wheat, corn, and rice are also used. And that's all I have to say about it. That's all you have to say about all of beer? I just want you to tell me about beer making because you're an expert beer maker. I would hardly say that, but my husband and I do occasionally brew our own brew. It's been a little while. It's been a bit. Well, it hasn't been that long. It's been a bit since we've shared our our oh. uh, beer. And that's only because the last one we made was completely and absolutely terrible. <laughs> oh. So we did make a beer. The last good one we made was for our wedding. It's called I Brew. Oh, that's so cute. Um, 
can't remember what kind it was. I think it was the lavender. We did a um a chai lavender beer. I remember that you gave me some for my birthday one year. Yeah, it's the my favorite beer that we have made. I think that's what we made for our wedding. I can't remember. But anyways, um, our first or our second date actually was um, a beer making experience. He asked me to come over and help bottle beer. I was only 20. <laughs> Didn't really make sense. But anyways. Do you hear that, police? Yes, I've been <laughs> wired this whole well, podcast. I drink it. And it was bottling beer. It was an alcoholic. <laughs> I don't think. Was it alcoholic? I guess it probably was alcoholic. Because it just goes in the bottle to to carbonate. Anyways, I didn't drink it. Beer. You make it. It's a very easy process. Okay. It takes about anywhere from three to four weeks, depending on how long you let it ferment and stuff like that. You basically make a tea out of the the grains when you are first making it. And you just kind of let that steep for... I think about an hour, um, and then you bring it up to a boil. You take the grains out. You bring the the water up to a boil, and then you put in the hops. And the hops are really interesting because depending on when you put them in, it makes a difference in how it tastes. So usually um, we use about two or three different types of hops, and we put them in at different stages of the brewing process. Hmm. So it will boil for about another hour. You take it off. We have a wort chiller, thankfully now, we got for Christmas one year, that helps bring the water, the wort, and all that stuff down. Oh, I forgot to add. We don't, we don't do a, um, what they call like, I think a mash, where like we get our malt from the grains that we use. We put in like liquid or powdered malt. Mm-hmm. So that's like the sugary stuff that makes your beer, gives it some color and more flavor. Um, you put that in at the, the beginning of the boil and then the rest of the hops throughout the boil. And then you bring it down to like 70 degrees or somewhere around that. And then you pitch the yeast into it and then you wait. So we usually will wait a week and let it ferment in the big fermenter bucket that we have. Um, for a week, and then we do a secondary fermentation where we transfer the beer from the bucket to a carboy, which is basically just like a big glass container, and then we let it ferment in there for another week. That process really just kind of helps with clarity of the beer and then lets it kind of develop a little bit more flavors. After that, it's time to bottle, which is the worst part, I think, of the beer-making process. Oh. It's probably why we don't make as much beer, because you have to clean and sanitize every bottle. We, you know, if we are using old bottles, we have to peel the labels off and all that stuff, and it's just really, really time-consuming. But the actual bottling process is a lot of fun, filling up all the bottles. You have to put in some, I forget what they call it, but some sort of, like, sugar that you, priming sugar, you put in priming sugar, and that's what's going to make it carbonate later. So you do that, and then... Put it in the bottles and let it set for about another week or so. And then you have beer. Super easy to make for yourself. So, like I said, we that was just like the very basic beer. We have done things where we've added different flavors. And you can do that either during the beginning where you put it like in your actual boil. 
or you can do it during like the fermentation of it during the we sometimes will do it during the secondary so that the flavors aren't too harsh in the beer and that you still get the beer flavor i assume that's what all the other beer people do too i don't know we are no experts but i think we make pretty good beer i think so that is our homebrew which we make in america <laughs> so that is our american beer most of our beer comes out on the lower end of the uh, alcohol by volume scale. So most modern beer is usually between 4 to 6%, with, and some vary from 0.5% to 20%. Mm-hmm. Ours is probably on the lower end of that, 4%. We are still trying to figure out, there's like this whole, obviously like chemistry piece to it that we are not well versed in with you know same with like bourbon when you add water the alcohol level goes Mm -hmm. down and so the same thing happens when we're filling up when you fill up your bucket after you've made your tea basically and done all the boiling process you add water to the bucket and that will determine the gravity level blah 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 basically just uh determines how alcoholic your beer is so less water more alcohol more water less alcohol so we try to play with that every now and then to see what we can do to get a little bit more of a standard alcohol by volume. That was the history of our beer making. Is there some history of beer that we should talk about? I think so. I think we should talk about the history of beer in the United States. Yes, I agree. It's because history of beer beyond the United States goes way, 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 way back. Right. And, um... Beer was actually brewed by native peoples mm-hmm. long before Europeans came to North America. didn't include barley, but it did usually include corn, birch sap, and water. But what we know as modern beer sort of started in the 16th century, or the 17th century, rather. So Virginia colonists brewed ale also using corn, but then in 1632, the first commercial brewery in the U.S. opened. It was in Manhattan. And it was uh, opened by the Dutch West India Company. Later in the 17th century, commercial breweries began popping up all over um, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, Pennsylvania, all around the colonies. And then in 1754, George Washington. Do you know him? Um, yes. He drank a lot of a lot of whiskey bourbon. He did. Too. He drank some rye whiskey, I think. He just drank a lot. He just drank so much. Um, anyway, he, um, he had a beer recipe in his journal. Hmm. That's interesting. He also, uh, for a time operated the largest distillery in the U.S. Hmm. I don't know where he found the time. I don't either. <laughs> Man of all Well, it was 54. So maybe it was before the war. Maybe. Obviously before the war, maybe. <laughs> but. Back to you. Hmm. Huh, I'm singing, sorry. Hmm. Um, in 1810, the population of the U.S. was about 7 million people, and there was 132 recognized breweries, so I'm going to assume that did not include those home brewers, mm-hmm. and they were producing about 185,000 barrels of beer annually. Um, Again, not enough. No, definitely not enough, <laughs> so we ramp it up quite a bit. Um, in 1844, do you know what opened in Milwaukee? 
please don't tell me it was PBRs. It was Pabst Brewing Company. <laughs> Did you know that they apparently, when when the PBR came out, they were like, here's a blue ribbon for you too. Yeah, but then they stopped because it was very expensive. It was very expensive. I drank a lot of PBR last year when John was finishing up school and it was only my job keeping us alive. Every time I went out to happy hour, I just got a PBR. <laughs> Um, well, in 1850, the population of the U.S. reaches only 23 people. 23 people. That's interesting (laughs) that it says that, isn't it? Oh my god, I got such a good laugh about that last night. (laughs) I'm sure that must be 23 million, right? I would would think so. I would assume. I think I deleted that. Whatever. Anyway, the population of the U.S. has increased. I'm positive of it. Um, there are 431 recognized breweries producing three quarters of a million barrels of beer annually. That's 750,000. That is, yep. That's what that is. But social temperance movements are gaining steam. Boo. Temperance. Ruining everything. Well, in 1852, a man named George Schneider opens a brewery in St. Louis, Missouri. That will eventually grow into the industry giant of Anheuser-Busch. Yeah, today Anheuser-Busch is the world's largest producer of beer. I like the name Anheuser-Busch. Mm-hmm. It's just fun to say. It is. So here's an interesting fact. In 1862, in order to help finance the Civil War effort, the federal government passes an Internal Revenue Act, which taxes beer at the rate of $1 per barrel. Also. In 1862, the U.S. Brewers Association began in New York. In 1873, there are now 4,131 recognized breweries in the U.S. They are producing a whopping 9 million barrels. Wow, that really jumped a lot in 23 years. Well, the um, reasons to drink also did. Oh dear, yeah, it's a good point. <laughs> That was a 50, if if you weren't doing the math, that's about a 50% production increase in just six years. Um, So in 1880, the number of breweries in the U.S. began a slow decline. Hmm. Um, At the same time, due to improved production methods, the ever smaller number of brewers actually produced more beer than ever before. So by the early 20th century, the number of recognized breweries dropped to about 1,500. Hmm. Hmm. Well, in 1919, 1919, one, one of the worst times, the 18th Amendment to the Constitution was ratified. Bummer. Boo. Um, it calls for a nationwide prohibition on the sale of alcoholic beverages to be taken into effect during one of the more rowdy decades mm-hmm. uh, of 1920. Because um, people don't listen to laws. No, oh, they <laughs> or, like, I actually will enjoy my beverage. Thank and I'll do it in a higher quantity. Yeah. I'll show you. I'll, I'll acquire it in more dangerous ways. <laughs> um, in 1933, though, the 21st Amendment to the Constitution was passed, repealing the 18th Amendment, and the sale of alcoholic beverages is once more legal. Air horn. Woo! I have a theory. Okay. This is probably somewhere in the history books, somewhere maybe. I don't know. But this is just my theory based on the knowledge that I have. Okay. That I think 
alcohol sales and the prohibition ending was more to help the economy so that they could tax it again because mm-hmm. of all the, you know, depression, depression, <laughs> depression, the Great Depression, mm-hmm. the horrible thing that happened. Yeah. Now, you know, bringing back alcohol, you can tax it again and get more money. Mm-hmm. So I have a theory that that might be really why alcohol came back on the scene. That sounds pretty probable. Yeah. If marijuana becomes legalized, that will be the reason. So in 1935, April, do you know what was introduced? I sure hope you don't say beer cans. I said beer cans are introduced in 1935 by the Kroger Brewing Company of Newark, New Jersey. I hate Newark. Ugh. It was just in their airport and it was hell. Beer cans are the worst. I typically don't like beer and beer cans. Do you like koozies? Yeah. Who doesn't love a good koozie? <laughs> T-shirt. <laughs> I just feel like the beer cans add like a weird metallic taste to beer that I much prefer beer. If I was to have it my way, I would drink all beer on draft. Mm-hmm. And if I can't have that option, then in a bottle. I really don't like beer cans. That's just my rant of the episode. There's still time for me to return your Christmas gift, which is a 24-pack of Bud Light. (laughs) Whoopsies. Oh, boy. All right. Well, in 1951, Anheuser-Busch expanded its production capabilities with a new plant in Newark, New Jersey. Lovely Newark. (laughs) Other breweries followed suit by opening facilities outside their local traditional bases of operation. In 1962, you know, the hippie decade, <laughs> yeah, things just got crazy. Whoa, all right. And they're like, let's put some tabs on these cans, and we'll call it a tab top can. Okay. That was from the Pittsburgh Brewing Company. Over the next couple of decades, unfortunately, canned beer will outsell uh, bottled beer. We'll fast forward to today. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and there are 7,000 breweries in the U.S. Good for them. Good for those breweries. All right, well, let's talk about the beer renaissance. Renaissance. President Jimmy Carter signed a bill that created an exemption from taxation of beer brewed at home for personal or family use. Hmm. And this opened the door for today's craft beer breweries. Well, in 1977, uh, what is, well... First things first, in 1977, Star Wars A New Hope came out, so it's a red letter year. <laughs> uh, but also, what is widely regarded as the first microbrewery appeared in California. The new Albion Brewery is short-lived. But obviously incredibly influential. Obviously. Obviously. 1982, the birth of the brew pub, Yakima Brewing and Malting Company. And Washington State opens a bar on its brewery uh, premises. So this was the first such bar since before Prohibition. In 1983, six mega breweries control 92% of U.S. beer production. As a result, microbreweries grain, grain, get it? Mm, I did that on purpose. (laughs) Traction in several states as beer drinkers express a desire for more choice. More choices. 94. It's 94 now. We're in 1994. We have traveled there 10 years after the microbrewery revolution. There are 84 recognized microbreweries in the state of California. 
microbrewery is kind of a difficult word to say. Microbrewery. <laughs> I feel like we've had to say it a lot. Uh, the next year, 95, thanks to the rise of microbreweries, the number of recognized breweries in the U.S. increases from an all-time low of 80 a decade earlier to more than 500. Um, in the early 21st century, homebrewing takes off across the country, as do more beer festivals. The number of recognized breweries in the U.S. rises again above 3,000 for the first time since the late 19th century. Today, beer is the most popular alcoholic beverage in the U.S., which, you know, if you read any newspaper, they say that uh, millennials are killing the beer industry, but I don't think that's true based on what we're reading today. Well, we should talk about things that millennials kill another time. You know, we really should. Today, let's continue talking about beer and let you know that while there are 7,000 breweries in the United States, today there are 4,000 craft breweries in the U.S., uh, the five largest craft breweries in order of sales volume in 2016 were uh, Yinglings and Sun. Then Boston Beer Company of Boston, which produces Sam Adams. I do love, I love Sam Adams. Do you? Mm-hmm. The Sin- Sierra Nevada Brewing Company, um, which we drink a couple of their beers, um, is third on the list. Fourth is New Belgium Brewing Company of Fort Collins, Colorado. And then, Jesus Christ, I keep getting the ones I can't (laughs) say. Jesus Christ Brewing Company of (laughs) Nazareth. (laughs) Jesus. Jesus. Gambrinus? Gambrinus? Gambrinus. Gambrinus. (laughs) Company of San Antonio, Texas. Which owns, oh, Shiner. We do like Shinerbach. And Spetzel Brewery, which produces Shiner beer. Cool. We like this. (laughs) We can't pronounce it, but we like it. It's good stuff. Craft beer still only accounts for 11% of total beer sales by volume in the United States. I wonder what that ratio actually is for young adults in Louisville, Kentucky. Because I feel like... We drink a lot. Of, we drink a lot of craft beer. Well, so. I will say I, I am a horrible co-host, and I made fun of Maddie while she was saying the trivia question, which actually had a lot of good information about what craft beer is versus mm-hmm. what just you know non-craft beer is. So, Maddie, why don't you uh, tell us I, what a craft I brewer creep is? I up to the microphone nervously, staring you in your face. I am so sorry. <laughs> Well, April, an American craft brewer, and this is defined by the Brewers Association, I'm not making this up, has an annual production of 6 million barrels of beer or less, and no more than 25% of the craft brewery is owned or controlled by an alcoholic beverage industry member that is not a craft brewer. There you go. Thank you for giving us that information. You're welcome. There are so many breweries in Louisville. Yep. One time at the Science Center, my friend Joseph, our, who is responsible for our art, was making a, an infographic of, like, you know, every hour we do this much stuff. Every year we do this much stuff. And he said, what happens? What's something that happens, like, every 20 minutes? And I said, a craft brewery opens in Louisville. <laughs> and I was so proud of that joke. And no one really laughed. And no one laughed since. And I still keep trying to bring it up. I just laughed. Thank you. 
You're welcome. I thought it was funny because it's tr- pretty much true. Yep. Um, we can just kind of quickly go through the list. So if you're visiting Louisville, if you live in Louisville, mm-hmm. if you like beer, we do have a lot of good craft breweries here. I try to, as a rule, whenever I visit a place, I try to go to at least one of their local craft breweries or microbreweries that I can. I have a funny story about one of those on Maddie's list. Oh, really? Yeah. But we'll talk Louisville beer real fast and just kind of go through our list. Okay. Um, if you if you like one of these beers, Maddie, just kind of shout it out within. Talk shout, about it. Shout. Akasha. I like Akasha. Akasha's in New Lou. It's a nice space. BBC. Bluegrass yeah. Brewing Company. Real fast on Akasha. They have some very high ABV beers, or at least it hits me very quickly. Real hard. Yeah. So... Just a FYI, make sure you're feel how you feel after that first one and then decide if you want to order that second one. Cool. Uh Bluegrass Brewing Company, we have fun coincidence. Yeah. Uh so John and I got married in 2012 and we got married in the middle of the day. And then we left our wedding and went to stay at the Brown. And while we were at the Brown, uh we thought We'll just get dinner because it's later in the evening and we were by ourselves. So we went to Bluegrass Brewing Company for dinner. Got Which is like right across the street from the Brown. Mm-hmm. They just reopened, I think. Did they reopen mm-hmm. that location? I remember they did. They closed it. Yeah. Um, it was real nice. I love that place. I also love that place. They have really good garlic fries. Mm-hmm. So, um, But it's also a place where my husband and I had our reception for our wedding. It was a very beautiful venue. It was, yeah. Very beautiful. Uh, Gravely. I love Gravely's beer. Yep. I love the concept of Gravely. I love its location. I just wish it was a little closer to our house so we could more easily walk there. Goodwood Brewing Company, which is another good beer in uh, the Nulu area. Mm -hmm. Uh, Against the Green is attached to Louisville Slugger Field. Mm -hmm. It's good. It's a little pricey, but they also have really good food, too. Uh, there's Apocalypse Brew Works. I like Apocalypse a lot, but they are only open on the weekends. It's lame. Um, there's Mile, mile Wide. Um, they have a pretty nice open space area. I really yeah. like their beer, too. Yep, they have some arcade cabinets and pinball machines yeah. there, too. False Idol, which is attached to Vigrets, or huh. that shares a building. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. With Vigrets, so if you go to get some nice vegan food, you can get some nice beer as well. So if you are in southern Indiana, I don't know why you would be, but if you happen to be over there, they are going to be opening a new charcuterie place, so I might find myself over there more often. They do have a couple of places. They have the New Albanian, which has some good beer. And Flat 12 Beer Works. Both of those places, John and I used to live in southern Indiana, and both of those places we frequented. Nice. Well, so what are some of your favorite beers, Maddie? Well... I very much like Rheingeist, which is Cincinnati-based. Yeah, so that's my funny story. Okay, tell me. So we, Jerry and I went to Cincinnati a couple years ago, and I was doing my whole little research on where to drink beer, and we found Christian Moorline, which is um, a beer that was there before the Prohibition, and then is starting to make its resurgence in the area. Um, and then we found Rheingeist. We didn't know much about either of those two things. And we decided to go over to the um, over the Rhine area, which is where Rheingeist Brewing is headquartered or where they are mm-hmm. in Cincinnati. And 
we park and we're walking up and it's a very kind of like scary is not the right word but a very sketchy type enter here walk up these random stairs Mm -hmm. and stuff so we were kind of thrown off and we get in there and it is fucking packed really it was their two-year anniversary party. <laughs> Whoops. And we had no idea. And the beer was delicious, mm-hmm. but we didn't really get to enjoy it as much as we probably could have if it wasn't the second year right, yeah. uh, anniversary party. But we love Ryan Guys. They unfortunately um, do a lot of cans. They I do, I think yeah. all of their beers, except for some of their specialty beers, are in cans. So I like to, if I have the opportunity when we're out and it's on tap, I usually like to order it on tap. I really like, um, during the summer, I drink a lot of beer and white wine. They have a rosé ale yeah, called Bubbles, which I think is really good and refreshing. And then they also have a session ale version of it called Little Bubs. Oh, I haven't had that one yet, but I do like Bubbles. Yeah, Bubbles. It's so good. Um, I also do really like the Albani- New Albanian. Um, they have some really cool bottle art, which I appreciate. And they have an ele- a red ale called Elector, which is really good. And then Frankenstein or Heifelweizen. Um, I like Monarch. I don't have a beer particularly that mm-hmm. I like there, but I like the space. It's real cozy. But you like Monarch? Um, and then I enjoy Founders beers. The all-day IPA is nice for happy hour. And the breakfast style's pretty good, too. It's like an oatmeal style. Cool. I like all of those beers that you just said. Those are on my list. Those could be on my list as well. Mm-hmm. But on my list, I have Schlafly's. Uh, Schlafly's? Mm-hmm. I don't know how you say it. I always fuck it up. I always mess it up. But they have a really good Kolsch, mm-hmm. um, which I also try to get on tap if I see it out. And their pumpkin beer is really good. It's my, it's probably my favorite pumpkin beer. Really? That comes out during pumpkin time, yeah. Pumpkin time. <laughs> it's pumpkin time now. Sort of. It's um, hot as fuck. <laughs> Sam Adams, I do, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just, like, the plainness, the familiar, familiarness. I don't know what it is, but I love Sam Adams. Okay. Um, I like their Boston Lager, and I love their Oktoberfest. It does say Oktobertober on the show notes. That's okay. But their beer, I just, it's it's got a very drinkable quality. I feel like if I, I can drink it in, in larger quantities. So if I wanted to just kind of like drink a couple of beers, mm-hmm. I I don't get as full from those beers as I do other beers. Um, I also had Rheingeist on my list. They have a couple of good beers. I had their Oktoberfest out on tap a couple of days ago, and it's still really good. Abita, which is in um, New Orleans, Louisiana. I do like Abita. Um, they have a really good variety of beers. They also have a lot of funky flavors. Mm-hmm. Um, raspberry and strawberry. Well, and I think they had, like, a crawfish flavor beer. Yeah. <laughs> That's funky. It is funky, yeah. They have good bottle art as well. They do, and their their beer is also very good on tap. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you caught the theme. Um, no can. <laughs> That's American beer. What's your number one favorite place to get a craft beer in Louisville? It used to be Cumberland's. But these days, just for walkability purposes, because Jared and I like to walk places, 
if Gravely was closer, we would probably walk to Gravely and get beer more often. Yeah. But we go to River City Draft House, which is very close to us, and they have all of those beers that we just talked about on tap (laughs) there. So it's a nice place to kind of go. They have a lot of really great food there, and they have all of our beers that we typically like to drink on rotation there and a, and a couple of like different ones that you can't really find in a lot of places so we usually go to river city draft house that's our that's been our go-to yeah all right all right let's close it out let's do it well that about does it for today on there are lots of things thank you for listening and as always it was so much fun to hang out with you and discuss beer we hope you had fun with us this week Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, where you'll find today's show notes, along with a fun trivia question that will give you a hint about next week's episode topic. You can also leave show topic suggestions there, or email us at talent.podcast at gmail.com. That's T-A-L-O-T, that podcast at gmail.com. To make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe to our podcast over at iTunes, or wherever you stream your podcast. While you're over there, leave us a review. Let us know what you think about our podcast and how we're doing. Until next time, cheers! cheers.